This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we get into today's episode, we would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respects to the elders past and present and to the next generation who we hope to create a different future for. The best career advice that you are not getting is... To invest. Hello and welcome to Your In Good Company, a podcast that makes investing accessible for everyone. I'm Maddie and as always I'm in some very good company with my co-host Sophie. Hello Maddie, I'll say one thing about today's episode is maybe grab a snack yeah. whilst listening because we're going to be talking about the food industry with the lovely CEO of Maggie Beer, Chantel, and we spoke about a bit of food and I'm a little bit yeah. hungry. <laughs> I think that is very good advice ahead of today's episode. But before we go there, it would be remiss of us not to talk about the live event that we have coming up. Very exciting. On Thursday, the 26th of March, we have... March or May? <laughs> On Thursday, the 26th of May, Soph and I are going to be heading down to the Prince Hotel in Melbourne in St Kilda. We have assembled an awesome panel and we're going to be doing a live event all about sustainable investing. So we would love for you to come down and bring all of your burning questions for the Q&A at the end. You can get tickets in the link in our bio. The $25 includes a glass of wine or a beer, and we are so excited to meet you guys. So purchase one, tickets are limited to 40 people, so they're going to go quick. And we will pop the link in our episode notes as well. Today, we are excited to welcome to the show CEO and Managing Director of Maggie Beer Holdings, Chantel Millard. Listed on the ASX with ticker MBH, Maggie Beer Holdings invests in food, beverages, and technology companies as a way of sharing their passion for making and curating quality, premium Australian food and beverage products with the finest ingredients. We are so excited to have you, Chantel. Welcome to Your Own Good Company. Oh, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here and to, to talk to you both. Chantel, we start the episode in the same way with every guest so everyone can get to know you a little. So the first question is, what's the best thing that's happened to you in the last week? Well, it'd have to be, um, there's been lots of long weekends, which have made business difficult, <laughs> short weeks, but the last weekend, we actually, um, I got away with my partner and two teenage stepkids to Port Elliot, which is a little coastal town, just about an hour outside of Adelaide and, um, had a couple of days of downtime, which, um, which was really, really lovely. So, um, yeah, so that's probably it. Very nice. And Chantelle, if you could have dinner with anyone, who would it be and why? So personally, it would probably it'd be my mum because she passed away when I was a teenager and she was an amazing woman, so I'd love to catch up with her again. But I guess I'd also love to um, catch up with Gabrielle Chanel. I went to the exhibition in Melbourne and um, learned a lot about her life and um, she was just a, a trailblazing um, female businesswoman in a, in a, a very male-dominated era and changed the women that 
people, the way that women dress, got them out of corsets. And, um, and yeah, I think she'd have some really interesting stories to tell. I also went to that exhibition and I loved it. And I'm, I think I'm like a little bit shameful to say this, but I didn't realize that the little black, black dress came from Chanel. Like I knew it was a phenomenon, but I didn't know it was from her. No, I was the same. I was just kind of like, when you look through her life and all of the things that she did and the Chanel suit, I knew that, but I was the same about the little black dress. And yeah, she just um, seemed like a really interesting person. I didn't know a lot about her life. I don't own a lot of Chanel, but um, I think, yeah. <laughs> She looked like a pretty exceptional woman. I wish we could all own a little bit more. And if you could be a stock or company, who would you be and why? Oh, look, apart from being Maggie B Holdings, of course, because I love food, but um, look, I think there's just so many fantastic businesses recently that have disrupted the market, um, sort of Airbnb and Uber and Afterpay. And so, look, not being a particular stock, but it'd be something that's about to disrupt the market, something really fresh and new that's about to change the way we live. I'd love to be in, involved in something like that. I love it. Well, Chantel, you have been a part of the food industry now for a very long time. And I have to say one of our favorite brands. So when we came across the opportunity to chat with you, we were very excited. Can you give us a little bit of an overview of what the food industry sort of is in Australia? Yeah, so look, the food industry, Australia, it's, oh, I guess from a couple of points of view, from a more agri sort of business point of view at the moment, coming from source, it's a really interesting space at the moment with the issues that we've had with supply chain and floods and staff shortages. There's been a real increase on costs in the food industry at the moment, and a lot of consumers will be seeing that starting to come through on the, the shelf. The, the spaces that we deal in mainly, um, which is really the dairy and fruit growers and quinces and fish and those sorts of things. Yeah, look, we're really lucky to have long-standing standing relationships with our farmers and we work closely with them. And for things like we've sourced our quinces from our quince growers for over the past 40 years. So I think those sorts of things are really important, but there's, there is a real shift happening. Our views of dairy prices being pushed down, dairy farmers have left the market and we're starting to see upward pressure on pricing and tightening of milk supply. Um, but I think the industry, the food industry is also really looking for um, more sustainable ways of, um, of doing things. I think that there's a real um, want and need from consumers to be buying products now that are produced more sustainably. And we're really excited because we've just been actually able to have our Paris Creek farms. Farmers accredited as carbon neutral. So all our milk now is um, from carbon neutral dairy farms, which is which is really exciting for the group and, and the brand. So yeah, so look, I think farming sustainably it's going to be a really part of big part of a business's story going forward, and and also dealing with the retailers they want products that are going to be sustainable, and so I think that's going to be a key part of where the food industry is moving at the moment. What's your favourite Maggie Beer product? Oh, look, I'd have to say it's probably the burnt fig ice cream. That's mine, <laughs> the burnt fig honeycomb and caramel ice cream. Oh. It is just so good. And it's so interesting because we've tried to, well, we've created so many ice creams over the years and we've launched them and, and people try them, but the burnt fig is still our biggest seller by far. And it's, um, I just think it's just that, it's just a really unique flavor between that sort of the burnt of the fig and the sweetness of the ice cream. It's just, um, yeah, really hard. To, I keep thinking we've got the next burnt fig and it's going to be the market leader, but everyone still goes back to burnt fig. <laughs> I don't think we can talk about ice cream for too much longer because I'm going to get yeah. hungry during this recording. <laughs> now, Chantel, you touched on a little bit before around the issues, I guess, that the food industry has been having off the back of COVID with supply chain issues. 
I guess for us as investors, we're often looking at, you know, kind of the key trends and the outlooks in certain industries. I wonder if you could delve into a little bit more what you think, you know, the key issues really are in the food industry. And I know you touched on sustainability as a change, but I guess like how is the food industry looking to combat some of those key issues that we've seen in the past couple of years? Yeah, look, there's been lots of impacts from during COVID in the last couple of years from increased costs from shortage of sea freight. Air freight's been really difficult if you have to if you have to um, air freight fresh product like we do. We export dairy to Singapore and the, the national supply chain as well. And look, I'm talking to people in the US and the UK and as well as Australia. Look, the story seems to be very familiar um, worldwide. And I think we're all hoping that things would settle down in 2022. Um, but look, our business and businesses I talk to, that it's actually become more challenging, um, and particularly now with the war in the Ukraine. So um, look, the demand in, for sea freight in 2021 saw huge increases in shipping costs, um, which we were hoping would return to norm, more normal levels after Chinese New Year this year. But again, with that with the war and the lockdowns in China um, for COVID, we think this is it's probably going to continue on and may possibly get worse. It sounds very doom and gloom, doesn't it? But um, but yeah, look, I think that for the businesses, I think that they're going to start to pivot a little bit. Um, businesses are going to start looking to get things, um, a lot more of their packaging and supply if they can done locally. Um, it may be a little bit more expensive, but it will shore up supply. Um, we're lucky we don't import a lot of stuff. We do import our packaging for our e-commerce business from overseas, but because we're predominantly Australian food, um, all of our produce is sourced locally, so which reduces some of that exposure, which which is great. But some businesses, I think, where they've um, where they they only import stuff, um, it is going to be tricky for them. I guess with the in, the cost remaining elevated, and I guess that then flows through to the the price on the shelf that um, consumers will have to pay. And I think everyone's seeing that at the moment um, with inflation and um, prices going up in in supermarkets. So, so yeah. So look, hopefully um, over the next twelve months, I think we are where we are for probably at least the next sort of six to through to the end of this year. But hopefully we'll st- start to see things normalise as we get into twenty twenty three. Everyone keeps saying next year it's going to be all <laughs> it's all going to be better. So, um, but. Um, but look, one thing that may come out of it is we may see a boost for local manufacturing and um, and for, for local growers um, and um, people trying to source stuff more more locally. So that, that could be a positive that will come out of it. Yeah, I was going to say I haven't really considered the fact that there would be potentially some more localization of, I guess, products and services. And I think that really goes hand in hand as well with like the sustainability argument. I think consumers are definitely looking for sustainability, but they're also looking to source local products. So I guess potentially if we're strong in the agribusiness sector in Australia, it could be, I guess, you know, good for the industry. Yeah, look, that's it. And um, and even um, um, with us, like the things, because we, we do that whole story, that's what underpins our brand is Australian local um and so the things that we do bring in from overseas there's a couple of things we just can't get here in australia and even packaging wise at the moment but that may change people may innovate here um but we are looking for those things that we do um import we are looking at local manufacturers um at the moment to see if we could actually get it made here because it is such a big part of our story and to have everything from australia would be fantastic um and and it is it's and you're right it's really interesting and it's something that our brand has um, done uh, that's sort of what underpins our brand, but it is such an on-trend thing now, and what consumers are, are looking for 
And um, so that I think that is a positive thing that has come out of the last few years of people are, are recognising that buying local and buying Australian and supporting Australian businesses is really important and something that we should be doing. You mentioned supermarkets in there, and I would love to sort of go back to that point a little bit and just sort of talk about how important it is for companies like Maggie Beal and in the food industry more generally to have really strong relationships with the supermarkets and I guess within that relationship, like how much power do they hold versus sort of you as the as the producer going in there? Yeah, look, you're right. Look, having it's really important to have great relationships with the the supermarkets, and and as a group, we sort of play in all of the supermarket spaces. We've got um, great relationships with the, the the major retailers, but we're also a really strong footprint in the independent supermarkets um, and premium grocers, as well as some food service, and and now of course, e-commerce. Um, but they do. The, the 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 major supermarkets have got a lot of a lot of power. But you, you do need them to be able to get volume through your business. So you some brands they just want to stay and play in that the independent space, and that that's that's enough for them. Um, and they don't want to grow because once you sort of then gear up and you go out of that and you go into the major supermarkets, and you really do need that that volume to be able um, to continue to make um, products viable with the extra costs that it puts into your business. So it's um, yeah. So look, it is really important to have great relationships with them and it takes it takes work because they change their bias so often um it's i think one of one of the retailers we do we, we had three different buyers in one year so sometimes creating those relationships with the with the buyers in the supermarkets can be really really tricky because you can you put all that effort in and then they just they just change them over so regularly so yeah i think it's just one of those things you've just got to work out and you've just got to continue to um get in front of them where you can and um and one thing that we have found has put us in good stead is you've just got to make sure that you're easy as easy as you can be to deal with um they love brands that can move quickly they're they're nimble um where you can innovate quickly and get products to market quickly um because the way that they run their programs is that sometimes they'll only let you know a very short amount of time before the product has to launch, the product's actually been successful. Um, so being able to turn it around really quickly and then actually get it onto shelf and meet their timelines is, is critical to, um, I guess, being a trusted supplier. So, um, but yeah, look, it is a bit tricky. And we've definitely, even though we've got great relationships, we've been on the receiving end of um, product deletions where things aren't getting hitting the, the hurdle rates that they require. So it's, um yeah, it's just a, a bit of an art form in sort of, um, yeah, and get, getting, yeah, building those relationships. I guess in diversifying then, you know, the relationships or the, I guess, to market strategies that you do have, e-commerce is definitely a space that we're seeing, you know, crazy growth in especially over the COVID period what do you think about e-commerce in the food space and I guess is this a potential shift away for not just Maggie Beer but also I guess other independent brands from moving away from supermarkets yeah look e-commerce has become a really important part of the, the food industry and has has really allowed um, some many smaller businesses to grow and tap into new customer bases at, at a much lower cost. And, and if you're a smaller and a more niche brand um, trying to get into a, a major supermarket, if you're not in there at the moment, um, it can be really difficult to do. And the, the costs of entry um, 
what they expect you to spend on media with them, um, all their in-store um, point of sale and those sorts of things can really be cost prohibitive. So with e-commerce growing for the food industry, it really does allow new players and smaller players to, um, yeah, to have access to that growth and get their their products in front of people. I think, and look, and we've been able to see now, we've, we've launched a um, chilled delivery. So we've launched a cheese and um, wine and entertaining hamper, which is, which is fantastic. And so I think now that the supply chain is getting better, it's still not um, as good as some countries in the world, um, but there's a lot of options there now to have both ambient and chilled and um, all sorts of deliveries delivered to your door. So I think that there was a lifeline during COVID as well for many people, and a lot of people have just become so used to shopping that way. So it's, um, yeah, so I think it's going to be a big part of the future, and I think it's going to continue to grow. Um, look, the major supermarkets, has, they've responded really well um, during the, the, the last couple of years when their online They've invested heavily in their online delivery and their click and collect models as well. And that's now a huge part of their business and a major part of their growth that they've had over the last couple of years. And um, and I think that they're just going to continuing to 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 invest in that that really heavily so that they make sure that they're going to get a um their share of that action as well. I am really liking the new model. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but of milk run where you can get your groceries I in ten just minutes. About to talk about that. <laughs> Does Maggie Beer have products with them? Because it's honestly, it's one of the best things about being back in the office. You come home, on your way home, you do your delivery, it's at your door. It's amazing. Yeah. No, we're not at the moment. And I was talking to someone about it the other day and I just think, wow, how far we've come. I know. Um, to, I know. That's just, that's insane. But And people are doing it. And I think this is those, those businesses that they're just, they've found these models now that they work. And, um, and it's all about fulfilling that consumer need. And I think that that's, that's the really exciting thing is it's all consumer driven and it's, um, they're finding what, what do consumers want? What do they need? And it's that convenience. And so, um, yeah, so I think that look, and as you sort of know, our business now is in, um, has got a huge part of e-commerce and we'll just continue to expand that out and look at other ways of being part of that. Yeah, we've become very demanding. If we want something, we want it in the next 10 minutes and we don't want to have to go and get it ourselves. We are going to take a quick break for our sponsors, but we're going to be right back to chat investing opportunities in the food industry. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. So before the break, we were talking about how companies in the food industry are really needing to innovate at the moment and expand to e-commerce and things like that in the post sort of COVID era. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on what are the characteristics that you think make a business within this industry successful? 
Yeah, look, for me, the first thing is to have a, to build a really great, resilient and, and loyal team. The food industry, as I mentioned before, look, it's a, it's a, an amazing space to be in, but it can also be really tricky, especially when you're dealing with, with fresh produce. So there's lots of curveballs that to get thrown. So having a great team around you, I think, is 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 the key to start with. Um, being nimble, um, being able to bring new products to market quickly, being able to innovate. And also having a diversified revenue stream. So um, previously we had all of our, probably 90% of our revenue stream was coming from the retailers. And now with the large e-commerce part of our business, that's down to about 50%, um, which is really um, sort of future-proofs our, our business from um, ups and downs in either sides of those market those markets. So, but I think having businesses that have got really strong or high gross margins um, and profitability, businesses that generate cash so that you can withstand shocks when they happen because there's always swings and roundabouts in in, in the food industry. So you just need to be able to have, have something saved away for a rainy day. I feel like every company should have something saved away for a rainy day because I feel like we've seen it in the stock market lately you know, a lot of, a lot of red. <laughs> it's because a lot of companies don't have any cash on their, on their balance sheets and can't really withstand the shocks as much as maybe they would like to. <laughs> I think another reason that we've seen that, you know, companies do hold on to cash is that they do like to acquire other companies in terms of growth. And we know that, you know, Maggie Beer has Maggie Beer products, um, two dairy companies under it. And also at the start of 2021, you acquired Hampers and Gifts Australia. Generally speaking, what are the reasons why companies acquire other companies? Yeah, look, there could be a number of reasons. And look, generally it's to, to generate growth um, or to realise synergies with your current business, either with cost savings or growing your revenue. Or it could be to acquire some expertise that you're missing or to shore up a part of your supply chain that's that's critical to your business so that you can protect it against um, competitors. Look, for us, this transaction was to accelerate growth and diversify our revenue streams, which is really in line with our strategy of increasing our e-commerce and online business for Maggie products. So I think that you need to really be sure not just buying businesses to bolt on revenue to your group. It needs to make sense and in line with the businesses that you already have and how they can all work together and generate growth for the whole group overall. That's something I guess that, that I really look for. I feel like the hamper and gift space is really taking off. We also saw um, the company Lovely, LVLY, be acquired by a Malaysian group just last week. And so it's interesting because I feel like this is an area where I think a lot of people are starting to see a lot of growth. Yeah, look, it is. And I think um, during COVID in particular, I think if we, <laughs> I don't know if it's a good thing, but I think if we had have just had the, the, the one lockdown, potentially people um, it may not have been as sticky in terms of people continuing to do it, but I think with the prolonged nature of the the last couple of years, that it's people can just see now that the the ease and the the beautiful things that they gifts that they can get delivered for people that are being curated to give that wow factor, and um, and so they're just continuing to do it because it, it's really easy and it um, and it's a, a great gift to give people. So I think that um, there is a lot of growth in this space and um, and there was the hampers with bite transaction um, probably almost 12 months ago now as well, which is seeing really, really great growth. And I think all of those things are exciting for the for the industry because it does show that um, there is a lot of growth and growth prospects um, for the for the gifting side of the um, of the market. And I think that the market is just going to um, increase. 
I think there is no doubt that hampers as a concept have really leveled up during COVID. I feel like the standard has gone through the roof and some of the things that you can buy now are just incredible. I want to go back to the acquiring thing a little bit because I think sort of generally speaking from what you're saying as a retail investor, it sounds like businesses acquiring other businesses should be a really good thing because it means that they're growing. It means that they are sort of shoring up any maybe weaknesses in their business. But I guess that I noticed something you said there that was like, if it works or like if there's synergies. So I'm keen to hear from your perspective, when you are thinking about acquiring a business as a CEO, what are you looking for and how do you sort of, what are the signs that it would be a great acquisition? Yeah, look, for me, the most important thing, well, one of the most important things, whether it's going to be a great acquisition or not, is the the culture of the business that you're looking at. And one of the things that I loved about the, the Hampers and Gifts Australia acquisition was that the our business, well, our group um, and the, the business that we're acquiring, the, the culture of the, the people doing those businesses are really strongly aligned. And that's proven to be the case um, since the transactions happened, which, is, which has allowed us to have a really fast and powerful integration um, over the first six months of the business. We were able to get so much stuff done because everyone was really aligned in how we operated. So I think that's really important. I've seen it happen before where businesses are required and culturally they just don't fit together. And it's really difficult to make a transaction successful when when that's the case. So I think for me, um, that's that's sort of one of the, the key things up front. Um, but, and then I think you can look at it from a couple of different ways. So businesses may look at another business that they can sort of mer- that's similar to theirs, that they can sort of bolt on. And between those two businesses, they're going to get cost savings. It might be that then they think, well, we can merge those two together and we'll get an extra $20 million worth of revenue. And then we can pull out $3 million worth of costs. And as an overall, um, I guess, merged entity, then that, that makes a lot of sense. And they're acquiring a lot of, a lot of new customers. Um, for us, the the Hampers and Gifts Australia transaction wasn't about synergies for cutting costs. Um, for us, that was a um, a tool to actually grow our e-commerce side. So we'd been um, we'd made the decision back in 2019 to grow the the Maggie Beer products e-commerce business. It had been sort of ticking along in the background, but it was only about four percent of our overall revenue. So it was very small. We hadn't put a lot of um, focus on it, um, but could see the possibilities. So. Um, so so we set up a new digital marketing plan and it just happened to coincide. The launch date of that new plan was the 1st of April um, 2020, which was the, pretty much as we went into COVID. So, so well managed, good timing, lucky, yeah. but <laughs> probably a bit of all of it. So, um, yeah, and so we we also launched then um, off the back of that, the Cooking with Maggie series that some people may have seen, which was really that started out as, a, um, as us wanting to do something or Maggie wanting to do something to help people when they couldn't buy things in a supermarket and like how do I how do I cook that packet of lentils that's been sitting in my my pantry for two years and and so and so that ended up having about 6.5 million views on Instagram and Facebook and um so we could just see the power in that um, social media and that e-commerce space just because of the um, online presence that we already had that we weren't utilizing so so when we we were actually embarking on a um um on the, I guess, a new direction of um, starting up an e-commerce, a bigger e-commerce business ourselves. We were had already put the ad out to hire a um, e-commerce manager um, and we'd outgrown the Barossa. So we were starting to look at a place in Sydney or Melbourne to do all of the pick, pack and dispatch for our e-commerce business. So, And um, then the, the Hampers and Gifts Australia 
transaction came across our desk and um and look it was just very impressive um strong growth strong gross margins um and good profitability and cash generation and they just had um a great management team so strong in-house um, expertise around digital marketing but also operations our base in sydney so um that would stop that in terms of our pick pack so for us it was about okay well this can actually bring forward something that was going to take us years to build and um, we could then use buy a fantastic e-commerce business and then actually get them to help grow us our um, Maggie B products e-commerce business which is exactly what's happening so we've sort of relocated the pick pack they look after the customer service and also the digital marketing um the bulk of that's up in Sydney and um and yeah we saw 174 percent growth in the December first six months of the year sort of above the I guess the COVID um, uplift from the previous year and both businesses has continued to grow strongly so so that wasn't about cutting costs for us that was actually synergies in growth and being able to use the synergies of the expertise in their business to um, to grow the the Maggie Beard products e-commerce business so yes I think there's a lot of different ways that you can you can look at it and it really depends on what the strategy is with the organization and, and, and what, what they need at that time. Well, if you are looking to send a gift to a friend or family member, I was actually chatting to a friend the other day and she said she had received one of the Maggie Beer hampers and she said it was just beautiful and a great experience. And she received like a something in the, her emails about buying another one for a discounted price. So it sounds like it's really worked itself out. And they and one of the things that um, we sort of changed the, is that the, the creative team of HGA, they've just got such an amazing eye and just sort of redid the look and feel of our hand. It's very much in line with what they already were, but they do, they just give that wow factor and people, it's, um, yeah, they're just a, a beautiful gift to give and receive. I will definitely be checking this one out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look out, there is a discount on at the moment for <laughs> Now, Chantel, we're getting closer to the end of the episode and we always every week with a guest add to our watch list. Now, this is just adding, you know, a stock, a company, a news piece, a trend, an industry or anything that's kind of taken interest to you at the moment. Now, the purpose of this is to get us thinking outside of our box and expand our investing horizons. It is not financial advice and it is purely for educational purposes only. What are you adding to the watch list today? So it's a little bit different. It's not actually, I guess, around a stock that you can invest in, but I, I really just um, really proud of and wanting to acknowledge the the great work that, that Maggie has been doing with the Maggie Beer Foundation and how much that foundation is, is growing and the work that they're doing in aged care at the moment. It's really building momentum. And yeah, so look, I think if, if anyone's um, interested to, to take a look at the Maggie Beer Foundation and the amazing work that they're doing, I, I know that once I get a little bit older and get to that stage, I'm sure that I'll, I'll appreciate all the work that, that they've done over the years. So it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's really amazing. What work are they doing in the aged care industry? Yeah, so the, the foundation was set up probably about seven years ago now. I think it was about 2015, uh, maybe 2014. So it's all about educating the cooks and the chefs at the aged care homes and also the CEOs and the CFOs about how important good food is to um, people in the aged care homes and just the better quality of life people get when they when they eat food that they want to eat so and also that's good for them it's healthy so yeah so they're doing some lot of they they bring in the 
the um, the people from the aged care homes, and they actually do educational training with them, and um, and then they can take that back to the to the to their workplaces, and um, yeah, and implement those things. So I think that there's yeah, there's some really great programs that they've been working on. I think that's just going to increase a lot in in future as this topic has become so um, yeah, such a hot topic in the in everywhere so yeah so that's probably put a very simplistic view Maggie's probably sitting there going oh my goodness you missed this you missed that but it's um if Maggie's listening to this podcast I'll be a happy person (laughs) I think that's so so lovely just sticking to I guess the food industry and also just making you know the lives of people a little bit better it's great work And our final question for you today, Chantel, what piece of advice would you give for someone starting out on their investing journey? Yeah, look, I think it would probably just to get started. And if you're a little bit nervous to select some really sort of blue chip safe stocks and to start just with small amounts of money, but just get started because when you look at the the compounding nature of investments, the earlier you get started, um, the the better it's going to be and the more money that you'll have. Um, And I think that just then really yeah, gets you in the flow of investing and takes away a little bit of that nervousness, but also to look for businesses, I think, that are doing something a bit different, something that you've got an interest in or aligns with your values or your passions, industry industry that you're passionate about, and then spend a bit of time researching it and, um, yeah, and checking whether it's actually making any money at the moment, is it profitability or is it a bit more speculative, and just, I guess, being aware of what you're investing in so that when you make that commitment, you've just got your eyes open up front what you're actually putting your money into. I love it. Well, very sage advice. And I have to say, thank you so much for joining us today. Maggie Beer is such a beautiful and iconic and wholesome product. So we are so excited to have been able to chat with you and I guess get some insights into what it is like to be at the head of such an incredible company. Thank you so much. You've been great chatting with you. Oh, that was such a fun chat. I love talking about food. It's so easy to talk about. I know. And Maggie Beer is such a wholesome brand as well. I, about a year ago now, actually headed to their restaurant restaurant in the Barossa and I have to say it is just beautiful. I wouldn't mind heading over to the Barossa. I've actually never been so maybe I'll put that on my little bucket list. It's amazing. I would highly recommend and we would love to hear your thoughts from today's show so jump into our Facebook group YIGC Investing Podcast Discussion Group or send us a DM on Instagram at YIGC Podcast. And please if you are loving us write us a review on the podcast platform you're listening on. It helps us reach new wonderful people people just like yourself so we would very much appreciate it we also are loving listening to the dive the latest podcast in the equity mates media network it is released three times a week at 5 p.m for your commute home and it is breaking down the biggest news stories of the week we touched on in today's episode the shift in the supermarket industry to sort of instant delivery and i know that i listened to an episode about that on the dive the other day so highly recommend going to check it out and giving it a listen otherwise you'll hear from us next week catch you then you're in good company is a product of equity mates media all information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only it is not intended as a substitute for professional finance legal or tax advice the hosts of you're in good company are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances before making any financial decisions you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary consult a licensed financial professional do not take financial advice from a podcast For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Your In Good Company acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. 
We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.